Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are some form of my journal out loud. And I'm recording this on Saturday morning. It's a little bit before 6 a.m. Still dark here in uh, the middle north part of Arizona. I'm going to take a deep breath. And I did not uh, post yesterday. I'm trying to do Tuesdays and Fridays, so I apologize. But the intention was to take a break from the heavy podcast that I've been doing uh, and show you some pictures of the donkeys or the burrows, as they're more accurately called, in the town of Oatman. However, things did not go as planned, hence no pictures. And uh, it's been super windy the last few days. And so I did get, you know, one little video of the dogs playing just turn the camera on and they stop doing the cute thing. So uh, I just wanted to do a little bit of an update. I just wanted to check in. I really wanted to post this picture. I I know, the rock thing. I thought this was so funny because uh, I just happened to catch it at the right angle. Do you see what I see? Uh, and I really wanted to do the post about how you know, asking the question, I may have put this in the title or not, I haven't decided yet. Have I been in the desert too long? (laughs) Have I officially dehydrated myself beyond uh, repair? I just thought it was funny because as you know, for those of you who've been here more than once, I have this rock thing going on. uh, And that one at a certain angle, I think looks like a skull. I tried to uh, work with the special effects a little bit to try to make it look more like a skull. But you know, only want to put so much time and energy into that. So I really wanted to show that picture because I thought it was very funny and very representative of the conversation I'm having. I'm tired of being in the desert. And so uh, what I want to do is just do a little bit of of uh, checking in, a little bit of observation and Uh, a little bit of finger crossing that everything goes okay today and I can let go of some of the quote-unquote stressors that are uh, surrounding me here that are distracting me. Because that was really the awareness I had yesterday was, uh, you know, when I get into survival mode issues and I can't resolve them, it takes over my stress response, which we've all, you know, heard me wax on about, Uh, then I have the chemical flood, and then it takes me a while to discharge, and I can't really come to you uh, and speak about something other than my way, which is kind of to vent and bitch my way through it. Not that I don't do that with you anyways. Uh, Some, a neighbor guy here, you know, was walking up to tell me about the coyote, and I ended up doing my mental vent processing about the car engine thing, and I felt better. I'm not sure he did. (laughs) So, uh, but we all have ways that we cope when things are not going our way, uh, when we are getting what we don't want. Uh, and the reason that that's flagged for me, uh, you know, there's just no point in any time during the day, you know, when I'm not thinking about things in ways I really get that most people aren't thinking about things. And never will and will never care about thinking about things the way I'm thinking about things. And, uh, and I've been trying over this, you know, years, but just really a lot in the last uh, month or two, trying to consolidate everything into one sentence so that I can be very clear and I can stop wandering around and get focused and move on. But before we do the big reveal on what that is, which you guys have heard most of it, 
I wanted to just chat. And so, uh, you know, one of the reasons I do this with my living situation is I am constantly asking myself this question, you know, what does it mean to survive? Uh, How can I live in the world in a way that I want to live in the world that makes sense for my energy and my way of being and uh, something that I can participate in that doesn't make me want to pull my hair out all the time. And, you know, this is it. I don't want to get any less functional than this. I don't want to be on the corner in a street someplace, living in a tent on the sidewalk, which uh, I'll be honest, I am very nervous about, which is why uh, my stress is more activated than normal when I have a car issue. And uh, right now I'm having a car issue again, and it makes me really nervous, you know, being alone, being in the desert, Uh, not having enough money to fix anything big, uh, much less getting somewhere to get it fixed. You know, I'm trying to be very careful about where I park so that I could get towed out if I needed to. Uh, And I hate even thinking about that. I hate talking about it. Uh, And I hate dealing with it. And I have to still face it. I still have to do it. And these are the super simple practical things. And it doesn't matter what your situation is. You could have millions and millions and millions of dollars. But if you go to the doctor and he says, you know, you're stage four cancer, all that money doesn't mean anything anything. Uh, You know, when you have a personal loss, all that money or safety or comfort or status doesn't mean anything. And, you know, there's no way to be 100% safe and 100% comfortable 100% of the time. And there's ways to mitigate it. There's ways to soften it. There's ways to be in avoidance longer with it. Uh, There's ways to not be responsible for it. But the reality is, is life for every single person on the planet has bumps and issues and breaking things. And a lot of, I don't want this, you know, and you've heard me talk about how Uh, You know, traditionally, from what I understand, 25% of the people are more naturally wired to look at things in a positive way, and about 75% are wired to look at it in a negative way. And, you know, you've heard me say that negativity is often how I use it as fuel for my brain. And it isn't about it being the right way. It's about being a coping strategy that I've managed to deal with at this point. But it doesn't line up with, you know, when you go out into the world and uh, the, uh, the narrative is, you know, do this, think this, act like this, get this, have this. And so, you know, I think I got myself off track here. So the point being is that, you know, we're still, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter where you are at what age. At some point in everybody's day, life, decade, we are faced with things we, you know, we don't want that we can't control. And, uh, you know, the best we can do is to manage our way through it. And, Part of my doing this with you has really been my realization that the way I manage myself through it 
almost nobody else does. But I had a little bit more of an epiphany about that. And I was listening to a guy talk about uh, using words and story to change your energy, basically, and create a more positive, uplifted life. And, you know, he was doing it in a masculine way, and he was doing it about the traditional ego track of external success, right? External health, external money, external relationships, external validation by the external world. And that's the elementary version of personal growth, self-help, metaphysics, prayer, please God, get me through this. Uh, Do the right thing, you know, get me through this. You know, evil darkness magic uh, tries to control through spell and ritual and weird practices. You know, spiritual tries to control through words, practice, uh, manifestation processes. Uh, you know, some some religion says suffer through what's happening to you. Uh, some religion says, you know, you're creating everything. So or spirituality says you're creating everything. So do better. You're a failure if you're sick. You're a failure if you're not rich. You're a failure if you're not having a perfect life. All of this stuff is happening to all of us in not unique ways, but different combinations. We're, we're trying to manage a life experience, a physical experience. And, you know, there's more understanding, you know, that maybe we're not just a body in a world with a mind. Uh, maybe we're a spirit who's having a physical experience. But that doesn't get us past all the crap of the day in and the day out. And, you know, right now we're moving into an ever more stressful external process. And so a lot of the external focus is about stopping the new world order, uh, moving to the right place for earth changes. Uh, For me, it was like, if I can find the right community, then I can fit in and I will be better and okay. And we're still, you know, grabbing around to control this cycle that's ending, which it's a big, fat, uncomfortable, crucible cycle. And we aren't going to be able to do that because in the same way, we can't make the sun come up and go down when we want it to. It's only going to do it when it wants it to because it's part of the system. It's part of the software. It's part of the uh, game or whatever you want to look at this. And all we can do is manage ourselves, right, within the lightness and the dark. And that's a metaphor for, you know, how we live. We are in this physical body in this world, managing ourselves through what we want and what we don't want. And traditionally, we label the dark what we don't want, the light what we do want. And it ebbs and wanes. There's seasons of more light, seasons of more dark. Or, you know, we can move to the the equator and have that be in perfect consistency all the time. you know, and our bodies are designed to live at the equator. Our bodies are not designed to live extreme north or south. So we're we're just humans in this monstrously large soup of life. And, you know, I was listening to this guy and I kept thinking, you know, he's selling like it always is. He's selling people what they want to hear. 
Everything's going to be okay, and you're going to be rich, happy, and successful. And I always go back to this. What am I selling? What am I, I witnessing for you? What am I demonstrating for you? And I think, you know, if, if I was me looking at me, I would think, oh, my God, you know, she's burning and crashing. A lot of people get frustrated with me because they're like, why haven't you got your shit together? Why are you still in a downward spiral by external standards? I asked myself that same question. You know, money is my great white whale. And for those of you who chipped in this month, deep, deep thank you. You have no idea how every penny counts for me. I mean, it's uh, very important. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you, you know, dipping into your reserves to help me create enough one so I can move forward. So, and that's my frustration because it doesn't matter who we are or what we do. We still have these basic survival systems that we have to deal with. Uh, and that's been a lot of my crashing and burning is asking that question. Uh, how can we be in the world in a way that we want that makes sense for us, not be in the world that's been dictated to us? And, you know, up until now, we've had much more flexibility in exploring that. You know, that's one of the conversations I've had with people who moved to New Mexico. When I moved there or got in that area, there didn't used to be any regulations on houses or quote unquote, you know, shelters, whatever you built, nobody was paying attention. But, you know, ching ching, property taxes, cha ching, code violations. You know, the more the government needs money, the more the government tries to find ways to control to get money. And you know, that that becomes, yeah, you moved here and you built your property with one set of rules and now the rules have changed. And, you know, everything's in a constant state of flux. There's, you know, we're past the once upon a time where six generations of family could farm the same piece of land and nothing would change. We're in such a high rate of change. It's breathtaking. And we're moving out of being able to control everything so we can be safe and comfortable or rich and famous or successful and fabulous and have a perfect everything into whether we want to or not a survival mode, different places, different times, different experiences. You know, it's not going to be all at once. We're moving in and out of this survival mentality experience, which is one of the reasons why I put myself in these situations so that I can understand it and talk about it. But, you know, as I was listening to this guy, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't want what I'm quote unquote selling either because it looks like a disaster. And, and in many ways it is, except, you know, as I'm sitting here, you know, doing my work, you know, not speaking to you, it's all the same. It doesn't matter if you have a million dollar mansion or it's me, you know, with a car problem I can't afford to fix, you know, or a, so a million dollar mansion, I can't afford the property tax is no different than me sitting here and I can't afford uh, to fix a big thing if I can't fix the little thing, right? And it's the same issue. I don't want this. And you hear me talk about this all the time. Want, don't want, want, don't want. And that's really the two energies that we're navigating through. And it doesn't matter what's happening. Uh, when I was uh, 
so we're going to, so the point being is that, you know, for me, the experience has been is I've keep changing my external. I've followed all the rules that didn't help. Uh, I couldn't function in corporate America. I didn't, I hated my life so bad. So I've been in search of how can I as a human live in this world in a way that doesn't make me want to pull my hair out all the time. And you know, my conclusion is there isn't a way. There's no physical way for me to be in the world that's going to take away uh, the frustrations of survival. And, you know, I just have to make peace with that. And then, okay, make peace with that. Well, I'm not wired to be peaceful all the time. And so, you know, that really gets me to why I've been doing this because, you know, I've, I've been in that place that so many people like me are, is the world is constantly telling us what we should be like, what we should be doing, why we shouldn't be acting and feeling and behaving and doing the ways that we are. We should be happy to be rich, famous, and successful and out in the world and doing everything external that should make us happy. You know, and then I pick up these old this old book about the desert mothers and fathers and they did exactly what I'm doing they went into the desert with all they took nothing I have a trillion objects they had like a bath mat one tunic uh, water oil not a bath mat a sleeping mat uh, I don't even, and you know and they didn't bathe I told you that right oh there was no internet there was no cell phones <laughs> there was no post office there was no car uh, and I so I was you know playing with that question well, what if I went that simple and then it's no different right than if I twisted my ankle than if my car broke it's still that constant butting your head against a problem that you don't want and who are you going to be in response to it and how we're all wired to respond what we don't want, do want, the same but differently. And, you know, one of the comments was about, you know, when I keep talking about this push-pull-pause, fight-flight-freeze, the image I've been coming to is that it's like a symphony and it can be wildly discordant or it can be incredibly harmonic, right? So you can have an acoustic melody that's beautiful or you can be off key and out of tune. And that's kind of what our nervous system is. It's the tool. It's the, it's the notes. It's the structure. But how we manage that, whether we make it beautiful music or we make this loud, chaotic, discordant noise. Uh, and we all know how we feel in relationship to that. We don't want the discordant feeling. We do want the beautiful music, but you can't live in either place for all eternity. The mastery comes moving in and out of that, not controlling everything to stay in a perfect harmonic symphony and not allowing yourself to get stuck forever in the discordant mess. It's being able to move in and out because it's being in the discordant, horrible mess that often stimulates the song of the next beautiful uh, or, uh, or symphony, right? Like most of the best creativity comes from places of deep, dark pain. And, you know, I keep saying that to people that when you're all blissed out in this joyful, harmonic place of love, 
you're not really motivated to do anything. It's only when your survival is threatened or you're hungry or you're uncomfortable that you're motivated to get up and do something. And and this idea that we can manifest and create the super perfect life 24-7, 365 is just selling you a story. Give me my money and I will tell you how to get everything you want. And here's sort of the trick to all of that is it's like elementary school. You are successful adding and subtracting. You know, I can teach you math and I can get you 100% on your elementary quiz and tests. But if you want to progress up the mathematical scale, if you want to create more complex uh, symphonic orchestrations, you have to have a lot of failure, right? You have to have a lot of hit and miss. You can't tune an instrument without going out of tune. And so, you know, we sort of are in this place where we fear anything we don't want as we frantically, you know, hunt and gather to pull everything ever together for what we do want. And I see that, you know, on YouTube where I, you know, I keep making the joke, you know, it was like when I did the Nomad thing, it was trailer trash. Now, oh my God, people have these unbelievable masterpieces of tiny homes and vehicles and and locations. And I look at that and it's hard to not be jealous, right? Because there's this idea, look what they've created, this magical place. You know, you but you don't see all the other stuff. You just see the magical place. And then they sell you, you too can have the magical place. Just do what I do, say what I say, follow in my footsteps. Because we think that's the goal. I want the magical place. I want the magical career. I want the magical out in the world. And and that really is, you know, the first half of our life. And then there's the second half where we have to say, well, that didn't make me happy. Now I have to look back and decide uh, what I want to keep, what do I want to let go, what I want to learn. And not everybody does that, but, you know, that's where I'm at. That's my path. That's my journey. Uh, and that's what I try and share with you. How do we manage all the I don't want? And, you know, my shrinking process of how do we manage the I don't want as a wired for danger person because we really struggle and suffer through the mundane stuff of I don't want. You know, put me in a crisis and I'll get crap done. Day in and day out, it's excruciating and I have not and I will not find a way to be in this world where it will not always be excruciating. Some people get lucky, you know, they get married, they get a spouse that takes care of all the details they don't want to deal with, or they uh, can hire assistants to take care of all the details that they don't want to deal with. Uh, you know, they can hire professionals to come in and do the car and do the cooking and do the cleaning and do the accounting and all the details they don't want to deal with. And most of us are stuck with a chunk of our life force energy being stuck with this I don't want. And, you know, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. How do you sell that? How do you sell, hey, I want to talk about how do we deal with all the I don't want proponents or pieces of life when it's so much easier to focus on getting what you do want. Cha-ching, right? I want X, Y, and Z. And I was sitting here 
having that, you know, conversation with myself a few days ago. And, you know, one of the greatest gifts that, you know, my mom gave me was not only that she brought me into the world, she really kept me alive. You know, I've shared, I've been, I was so suicidal for like the first 40 years and she was a therapist, you know, she was a teacher and then a therapist. And, uh, as a grown up now, I can look back and say, she didn't understand what was going on with me. Uh, she still doesn't, but she kept me alive. She would keep me on the phone. She would check in. She would do the hard thing to keep me alive. And, you know, we look at everything that's going on out in the world. And how much of that do we do? How much do we give back that's important in a way that has value? And how do we make those decisions about what's valuable? And, you know, how do you sell that? How do you say uh, maybe the most important thing isn't to have a perfect life? Maybe the most important thing is how to manage a normal human experience filled with a lot of things none of us want. And what's even more important is the, the, the fact that I have the luxury to ask that question, that so many people have communicated so much information to allow me to have that be a real question for me. Uh, that we live in a world that has enough comfort and safety. I have gas, I have grocery stores, I have solar lights. All these people who went to work and created things to to uh, fix the don't wants. I don't want to be in the dark. I don't want to walk everywhere. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to have my car break once and then I can never use it again. Uh, I don't want to have my ankle break and never have it fixed. All the people who went out in the world and fixed or created systems to fix what we don't want so that we can move forward into what we do want, that we are in a position of such extreme luxury to be able to ask and think about these questions. Uh, and what I see, right or wrong, I don't know, is that we're not here to answer that question so that we can stop the cycle and magically create a future that we all want. I think we're here to to have everything fall apart and as we experience it to sort through what we want to keep and what we want to let go of so that we can gift that to the future, not so they can have a perfect life, but to give them, like those who came before us gave us, stepping stones or a light, a lantern or a walkway to blaze a trail to keep moving us as humans through the physical experience and remember the reality of who we are as spiritual beings. Because there's a reason we keep coming back, right? There's a reason why we are here in this body, in this world, whether you believe that we're spiritual or not. It's I don't know how to get up in the morning without thinking that there's got to be something more important than me making enough money to put gas in my car and food on my table. That is not a life. That is horrible, exhausting, 
ridiculous and yet very time consuming or it's time consuming to make enough money to pay somebody else to put gas in the car and food on the table. I mean, this is not, to me, a very productive use of life force or energy to just survive. And yet throughout most of time, that's what humans have put all their time and energy into. How do we survive with the exception of uh, when you get out of the subsistence level, then you can things get easier. But most of humans live at a subsistence level of having to grow their own food, having to get their own water, having to walk everywhere or have an animal carry them somewhere. This version of the world we're in is such a tiny fraction of the totality of humanity. And we are in a moment of such absolute luxury that I can sit here and have this mental, you know, conversation in my head and then record it on my phone in the middle of nowhere and upload it to some magical place that allows you to listen or download it anywhere in the world at any time from now until the electricity goes out, right? I mean, that is magical. That is miraculous. That is luxurious, and, you know, when I finish this and I'm waiting, I got another hour before the sun comes up, I have to walk the dogs and I have to figure out if I can fix the freaking thing that's going on with my car, which I can't figure out. And so that's not miraculous. That is huge pain in ass. I don't want this. And so, you know, when I do all this stuff, I can't give you anything that I think any normal person would want because it's not comfortable. It's not safe. It's not fun. It's not fun to wake up to a subsistence life. And yet, if you look at most uh, people around the world who live in subsistence ways that are not being impacted by, you know, crazy people and governments and stuff like that. Statistically, they're much happier than those of us who are living in the lap of luxury, uh, subsistence or not, because we can get whatever we want whenever we want, uh, pretty much, right? 24-7, 365, the store is open, the lights turn on, the refrigerator's running. Uh, you know, it's, it's, we are in a period of time that's an anomaly and, you know, we're on the cusp of losing, I think, a lot of what's what we've gotten accustomed to, which is pushing us into discomfort and insecurity, which is survival. There is no way to survive in the world with your eyes open that isn't full of risks and uncertainties and things we don't want. Uh, but we're removing all the ways that we go out into the world and fix it. Sorry, the dogs are chewing on stuff now. So that is my diatribe because I'm on this borderland of, of you know, trying to move forward in a professional way with this reality check that what I have to offer the world isn't what you want to hear or what you want to know or it's going to get you what you want. It's only going to get you through what you don't want. Uh, I said in a recent podcast that part of the Scorpio energy is to go into the dark corners. It's intense, it's darkness, it's dealing with death. And that has been my life. I don't think very many people have experienced as much death and loss 
as I have, not just personally, but professionally in kind of all ways. And that's not fun. That's not something we like to talk about. But to me, that's the real stuff. Uh, And I was thinking, I can't promise you how to have a perfect, magical life in the light at a picnic table with your perfect partner and perfect health and perfect food. I can talk to you about what it's like to go into that dank, dark corner and start doing the work of cleaning out the crummy places. And somebody has to do that, right? If we're going to change the world, it's nice if everything is warm, fuzzy, and awesome. But somebody has to go in and turn the lights on and clean out the dirty corners, I believe we're all responsible for doing that within ourselves. And yeah, we can go out into the world and create a perfect, warm and fuzzy life. But that doesn't mean we're off the hook for at some point having to go back in and clean out the dark, dirty corners of our experience. Uh, And, you know, and to me, that's sort of been the, the physical representation is how much stuff do I actually need to live, right? How much baggage do I have to carry with me? Uh, And especially, you know, on the cusp of a world facing catastrophe. So, you know, I, these are the kinds of things I'm exploring and I totally get that they are not something that most people are interested in because it doesn't make, make you feel safe, warm, and fuzzy It's a wired for danger thing. It's like, I don't want to be like this, but I don't know how to not be like this. And, you know, a lot of what I've been exploring with you is my own process about, well, maybe I'm not wrong because I'm not like other people. Maybe I just need to figure out how to make peace with the way I am in the world. Uh, And the more I explore, you know, the nervous system and having these experiences and listening to other people talk about their way and their path and their understanding, you know, a lot of us are saying the same words because truth is truth, right? But at the end of the day, we're having a unique experience with the same notes, but we have different songs. And it's not about which song is right, more beautiful, or more perfect. Some of us will have a very discordant life, and some of us will have a perfectly orchestrated symphony. And both of those are what we need, not what we're supposed to make happen in a perfect way. And, you know, and that's always been my struggle. Like, I can't promise anybody that what I'm speaking to gives you everything that you want, the best I'm trying to do is how do we go through it and not go crazy? You know, I it was so hard for me to stay alive for so many years. And then I got, you know, in a very different place and it was easy for me to stay alive. And now we're moving into a kind of a collective place where it's going to be hard to stay alive and it's getting harder. Uh, And and we all can see the writing on the wall. It's getting harder and harder to stay alive as, you know, maybe resources are cut off or the money is cut off or more natural disasters. Uh, How do you stay focused and moving forward? And so, you know, my... My way is I can't tell you that none of these things are going to happen. I can give you tools and skills to move you through it, through the darkness, through the crucible, 
Uh, and what I really like is what happens after the crucible, but we aren't there yet. I think that's been a lot of my frustration is I want to be over the hump because personally, I've already been through the hump. And so I like to talk about what happens after the crucible, but collectively we're in the crucible and it's not the right time. And I, you know, I've been struggling to make peace with that. Like, I don't want to do this part again. I've done this part personally 5 million times. I don't want to do it anymore. But here we are. I don't want this. This is happening. Uh, and I can hardly believe, you know, I'm the only person having that uh, feeling and experience. But uh, but we're here. We're in the crucible. And we're only at the beginning of it. We still have a long way to go in front of us. And most of us aren't going to make it out. And that makes it a whole bunch of I don't want. And so I can see, you know, wanting to grab the the little bits of hope that say, I'm going to have a perfect life and get everything I want if I just say the right thing or meet the right people or have the right process or go to the right place or buy the right things or find the right coach or get the right therapist or, you know, do the right journaling practice. I'm going to get everything I want. And I think we're moving into this terrible period where we're not going to get what we want, but we still have to move through it. And that's been most of my life. And I think, you know, part of my frustration is I'm just on the other side of that. I'm not excited about physically having to move into that in a bigger way. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And yet here we are more. I don't want and my way is to kind of bitch my way through it. That's how I climb a mountain. Literally, I climb a mountain by bitching my way up the mountain, complaining, I hate this, I don't want to do it. You know, and everybody will tell you, you know, your words create, right? Well, that isn't true. It's not that simple. I have spent most of my saying life, life saying, just kill me now. <laughs> and I, I say that as an act of frustration. I used to, uh, when I would leave the emergency room after a bad night, uh, and I was so jacked up and so angry and frustrated because, you know, it was 12 hours of messing around with people that I didn't want to ever meet in my life. Right. And I would go out into the parking lot just hoping somebody would attack me because I needed to beat somebody up. Never happened. So it isn't as simple as just praying that God will make everything okay. Uh, I can do a magic spell and everything will be okay. Uh, I can say the right words and I will manifest and everything will be okay. We're here to learn different things. And the, where I'm at in that process is not at the beginning. It's past that. It's in the uncomfortable part. It's in the dirty, dank corner part. It's in the I don't want energy while at the same time not giving up, not quitting, continuing to move forward. Uh, and it's not fun. It's not comfortable. But, you know, I think about that. You know, my mom just stuck with me when it was nobody else would want to talk to me because I was so uncomfortable to be around. And I still am in so many ways. But she just kept with me. And that, to me, is the greater gift. Uh, you know, and I was thinking about all the little boys and girls that are coming into this world who are like me or us, this wire for danger that won't fit in, that will have peak moments where everything makes sense. And the nightmare of all the other normal times when the world 
is telling you that you're wrong and you shouldn't be like that and you should change. And if you just did X, Y, Z, then you would be normal. And to me, that's the gift. But I can't sell that to grown-ups who are way past that mark. Uh, what I can do is try to continue to find a way to share this so that at some point in the future, maybe it can trickle down to these kids that I believe are coming to, to take us to the next step. Uh, and there will be people who are like this, this wired for danger way that just doesn't fit into the normal way. Uh, and it doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean we failed. But it doesn't mean you get everything you want. And that has been the ultimate struggle for me. How do I get through all this I don't want, which is the normal stuff, the survival stuff, the day in and the day out stuff, which makes up, you know, 99% of our lives, you know, wired up for these 1% experiences. But you have to have the people who are wired up for the 1% experiences because that's how civilization as a whole moves forward. So as usual, I have wandered off into some area uh, you know, I just at a practical level, we are uh, sort of navigating basic things. We've had these two coyotes are hanging around. And so I can't really take the dogs off to run anymore because I've never seen coyotes act like this. They're super comfortable around people in the middle of the day hanging out, which is very unusual. Normally it's at dusk or dawn. Uh, We've had some cactus incident where we've spent hours and hours pulling cactus spears out of Haven. That was a horrible day. Uh, so we're part of why I'm not getting stuff done with you guys is because we're dealing with these. It's been, you know, a major wind event. So we've been stuck inside and it's been, whoosh, you know, for days and days. So today is the first day. Yesterday morning was okay, but I think today we should have enough of a break in the morning so I can keep the hood open to actually deal with the car thing because, you know, can't have big gusts of wind with the car hood open. <laughs> so there's lots and lots of just day in and day out crap that sort of takes me out that probably doesn't take other people out. And so that's why I really haven't, uh, you know, been doing this the way I want to do this, but... That's just the day practical stuff that's my problem, not your problem. That's me moving through all these things I don't want. Uh, and then trying to find a way to communicate that. And I was so struck by listening to this guy talk about it. And he's, you know, very successful because rich people hire him to tell them how to get everything they want. And I'm like... Nobody wants to listen to me because I'm not telling you how to get what you want. I'm telling you how to get through what you don't want. And that I have to find a better way to market <laughs> because it doesn't feel right. And you can't look at my life and say, look at how awesome she is. Now, there was a period culturally, right? The desert woman uh, came up with deep spiritual truths that made people want to go find them. Uh, but I haven't really focused on talking about that. I keep focusing on the nervous system and how to manage ourselves in any type of experience. And so uh, that's me going way longer than I had planned on. But that's kind of a tiny fraction, you know, what's been going on with me uh, these last uh, few days. So fingers crossed, this car issue gets freaking resolved today. I hate doing this kind of stuff. 
Uh, I don't like living this close to the edge. And the reality is I am here having to deal with this. So we're going to take a deep breath. We are going to be grateful for everything we do have and all the ways our life is good in the ways we do want uh, and praying for the strength and peace of mind to get through the pieces that we don't. You know, there's that old serenity prayer. You know, God grant me the serenity to accept what I can change, um, let go of what I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. And you can know the difference and you can let go, but you still have to move through the experience. And to me, that's the key. You can either, the experience can either take you out or you can recover from it and move on. And when we understand that, I think it makes it better at a long-term level, but not everybody wants that. So, all right, I'm going to stop talking now and I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that I can get through the rest of the day. And I hope you have a fabulous weekend and I will let you know, I guess, the next time I check in what happened with the damn car thing. Okay, deep breath, my friends, and I will see you next time.